Hello, and welcome back to the Masonic Roundtable, a weekly program where Masons from around the world get together to talk about Masonic news and opinions in a friendly and social manner. The following disclaimer applies for tonight's broadcast. The thoughts and opinions here are solely those of the participants and do not reflect any Grand Lodge statements or positions. Please keep your conversations open to the public and on the level. So tonight, as usual, we'll go for introductions first. My name's Jason Richards. I'm a past master of Acacia Lodge number 16 in Clifton, Virginia, member of a nice little academic lodge in Washington, D.C., and my family lodge up in Zanesville, Ohio. And uh, up next, we'll go over to Joe Martinez. Hello, Joe Martinez, still here. Haven't gotten kicked off. So uh, this is Joe Martinez. I am the uh, current master of Manassas Lodge number 182 in Manassas, Virginia, member of a bajillion other things and super jazzed to be here tonight. Awesome. We are super jazzed to have you with us because John decided to play hooky. Next up, Robert Johnson. Vsauce here. Uh, Robert Johnson, <laughs> uh, past master of Waukegan Lodge 78 and current sitting secretary at Space Novum 1183 in Libertyville, Illinois. Uh, good to be here. Good. I am going to unplug my Amazon Echo because she is now playing songs by Robert Johnson in the background. Oh. Alexa, stop. Hot Great. tamales and they red hot. <laughs> <laughs> And last and certainly least tonight, our special guest for the evening, Brother Kevin Homan. Thanks for that, Jason. Good evening, everybody. <laughs> I'm Kevin Homan, past we master of we Olive Branch Lodge. Oh, thank you. I love you, too. Uh, past master of Olive Branch Lodge, number 114 in Leesburg, Virginia. And uh, I do Masonic education things with Joe Martinez in our little uh, Masonic region here in Virginia. And uh, thanks again for having me on the show tonight, guys. Little, awesome. no, we are we're happy to have you with us. Little, awesome, awesome, awesome. Little, no, no, no. Let's correct. Let's correct that first before you thank all the patrons. What are we correcting? Patreon. Uh, that we do little things. We do like big, amazing, awesome things. That's true. And we get all these amazing people from all over the country and around the world, and they come hang out with us. So, I would say it's definitely more than little. Esotericon 2022. Boom. Jason, take it away. We're thanking you. Awesome. Yeah, this is what happens when John plays hooky. We all go off the rails within 30 seconds of going on here. So before we get into tonight's topic, I uh, want to give a special shout out to our Patreons. Thank you so much for all you do to support the show. Go over to patreon.com. Check out the Masonic Roundtable. Uh, if you pledge at the Squire or Knight level, uh, we'll add you to a little Facebook group where all of us, uh, including our uh, TMR alumni like Juan and, and Mike, the intern, hang out. And uh, there's always really good conversations. And you get, you know, little little behind the scenes things throughout the year and it's, it's a lot of fun so uh awesome sauce so tonight we are super excited to bring you tmr episode 369 politics and religion so joe uh, as part of the Masonic experience, one of the things that Masons love to do, especially within the confines of a closed lodge, 
is talk about politics and religion. That's right. Right. That is, it's been a while since you've been in lodge because that is the opposite of what we're supposed to do. Um, Politics and religion are banned inside a Masonic lodge, not in the parking lot, not in the walkway, but inside the lodge room. Yes, they are absolutely Mm -hmm. verboten to speak of. With a ban hammer? Not on the Facebooks. Definitely not on the Facebooks. We can make that. That could be a show in and of itself right there. Just showing people's (laughs) social media posts for the last two years. Let's put that on the, let's put that on the, on the board. So, yeah. So if, and so if you're new to the Masonic experience, um, there are certain things that Masons, at least in the United States, don't talk about within Lodge. And it's a politics and religion. And then a, a third component that is thrown in there is borders or, or nationalities. Yet we pledge allegiance to the flag. That aside, that's a whole nother episode in and of itself. Um, so doing some research on on this, I wasn't able to find when this actually got instituted. Um, this this ban on you know politics and religion to me seems to be uh, something that has just come into being as kind of commonplace without any specific. You know, grand lodges or, or bodies actually putting this in writing. And so, if you're if you're listening or watching the show, and uh, you've actually seen something come out from a grand body about this, then I'd I'd love to see it. So, you know, hit us up at the Masonic Roundtable at gmail.com. And so, one of the things that uh, that we've seen a lot on social media, especially um, with how polarized of a society we've gotten uh, over the past you know, several years is a lot of, a lot of brethren like to throw up the flag of, Oh, no politics and religion and Freemasonry, you know, stop, stop arguing about this and stop putting this on Facebook. Um, and so, you know, one, one initial question, you know, I wanted to, to bring up to the group is, you know, what, First off, why why do we discuss politics and religion, and how how do politics and religion really fit into the Masonic experience? Robert Johnson, why would anyone discuss well, politics and religion? <laughs> so I, I mean, this is putting the the I guess the cart before the horse, you know, and we'll spend the rest of the episode likely going over a lot of this. Um, and the nuances of it, whether somebody agrees or disagrees, but I will say that the very proud Freemason often loves the idea of what Freemasonry did for the formation of these United States, this great experiment that we all love, the great democracy, the big experiment. It couldn't have been done without Freemasonry. Oh my gosh. And Democratic so much Republic. of what the, yes, so so much of what we institute, so much of what we believe in, requires us to be engaged in the process. Politics, necessarily, and religion play a part in this because religion arguably gives many people their moral compass, uh, and you also have politicians who back social programming 
to assist the needy. But before these things existed, we had people looking out for people. You had Freemasons with this idea of equality, the idea of justice, bringing somebody up to your level, which is like social justice. If you look at that word, what it meant, you know, the etymology in the 1700s. And so primarily the, the thing is that it's so bothersome why we don't discuss politics and religion and lodge is because we say they're so divisive and they really are. They're polarizing. But my, what I would argue then is what are we allowed to do? Because a politician and religion have touched every bit of the world in terms of helping other people. So how can we help and get involved in anything without necessarily touching something that has been tainted by the two? Um, and you'll see there are many foreign jurisdictions that sometimes get in hot water because they put their two cents in on some social thing. Like, you know, over in France, we have a couple grand lodges. One is recognized, one isn't. The one that is not recognized, um, I mean, is, is early. I think I was looking at some transactions from the grand lodge in like the 1940s and 50s. They were talking about, hey, we need to back this political candidate in their grand lodge. I mean, that's crazy stuff. So, it's you know, very, very key to ask in Italy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, to answer your question, we just, we've kind of like made this weird pivot where we think that we can just donate money to charities and things that whatever, we're, we're not allowed to give aid or countenance to, you know, certain groups or whatever, but it really, I feel like by taking these things away, you neuter us, our real ability to be a progressive moral science. And uh, I just don't think that there's a, there's a real excuse to ban it. I mean, there are some excuses and I think we'll get into those because I think we're all on the same page, but politics and religion being taken away from you is kind of a slap in the face too. I think for a educated and uh, even keeled adult, when adults want to have a, a good conversation about politics and religion and lodge, why can't you do that? You know, if we're supposed to be oh, so I've good, <laughs> if we're supposed to be so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, and you hit on, a really interesting point there there Robert that um, yeah why why don't we do that you know if we are a progressive moral science and we we come to Freemasonry as an organization that that you know takes good men and makes them better how do we make each other better by cutting off our ability to uh, engage in civic discourse especially you know yeah, everybody says politics like it's a dirty word, and I think I think politics has that connotation. But if you peel the you know the two party system infighting uh, back from the politics, you're you're really left with civics and how we structure the society for the betterment of everyone. 
And that's where Freemasonry has to live by, by no other reason than our motto. And so my, well, my concern is where, yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I said civics. It's, it's, it's huge. Yeah, and this is like so major to me. Continue. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was I was gonna say there's to me, you know, and and this is perhaps a a bit generalized, but to me, politics is is simply civics, perhaps misused or or civics along partisan lines. And so, as as a Mason, when I hear someone, you know, tell me I shouldn't engage in a civic discourse where I'm truly trying to see the other side and, and trying to engage another point of view using the first three liberal arts, um, shocker. Uh, and someone says, you know, no politics. You know, we're Freemasons. We don't have politics and masonry. Like, what the hell else are we supposed to do? Like, if we're not yeah, making you, our society better, then why are we here? Go ahead, Joe. To eat green no, beans just, and pancakes, of course. You will Sorry, shut Joe. up and you will be <laughs> muted forever. Um, right? No, we do. We do do more than eat, eat green beans and pancakes. No, but you hit the nail on. Oh, the head it looks where, like Kevin's lost his feed. Oh darn! That's no, a green bean ban right there, buddy. Um, yeah. No, I think that you you hit the nail on the head when it comes to talking about civics because it's at its core that's the things that we're supposed to once we become this magical better person we're supposed to go out into society and do those better things and you do it in a civic environment right but to your point i think the word politics has really become sensationalized and 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 drawn on partisan lines and i think that's just the sad reality uh, of this country for the foreseeable future but but going back to what what rj said we absolutely talked about religion and politics when Freemasonry first started, right? Like we, you know, people came to this nation. One of the many reasons um, before Robert yells at me, one of the many reasons people came to this nation was religious intolerance, right? They came here because there was religious intolerance in other parts of the world. Um, I said one of the reasons. Um, a reason why we founded this nation was because of political intolerance, right? Um, you know, I can't imagine how many Freemasons that signed a Declaration of Independence, you know, read over their obligation where it said, you know, they had to be a quiet and peaceful citizen. They were like, screw that noise. This is drama, you know, and we need to do something about it. So, and you know, shout out to the Massachusetts guys. Um, you know, you go to any lodge in Massachusetts, they'll tell you that Freemasons, you know, orchestrated the Boston Tea Party, you know, and they met in lodge the night before and planned it all out. So they were absolutely talking about politics then. So... Um, I think and I can I think show you point, the primary source records of that as well. Yep. And who was there that night? Absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. But I think, I, I think it's, it's a conversation of extremes is, is what I think it comes down to, right? It's we, we have this ban on no talking about politics and religion in the lodge because we've gone same thing with no alcohol in lodge, right? We've gone so far to the extreme that it's just become a general no, right? Where, I think the spirit of it should have been no religion and politics and lodge because when we all kneel at that altar together, we're all looking at the things that make us common, right? That we all have a belief in deity, that we don't ask you what that deity is, that we all have a 
you know, a desire to do the common good in society, regardless of our uh, political affiliation. So, but again, I, and I equated exactly to the, the alcohol ban that many Grand Lodges still have. It's been taken to the extreme, right? So if we're supposed to be good men and responsible men, um, we should be able to do these things in a responsible manner. Kevin, what do you think? Well, I, Joe, I agree with what you just said there about you know doing things in a responsible manner, right? Because when we become Masons, you know, we're taught that we're supposed to subdue our passions, right? And one would expect that that men who who are here to subdue their passions and uh, you know follow follow things like the trivium should be able to discuss politics without you know getting divisive or you know calling each other names right that's what i'd think so yeah you know to me i look at it and this whole ban on talking politics and religion within the lodge seems to be a bit of a you know it it's it's at odds with some of the things we teach ourselves within within the craft um and i think to to build upon a little bit what rj said you know i think we're at a point where actually and jason too you know when we talk about the two-party system it, you know it's the whole two-party system we've, we've made it part of our lives right your your political identity whether you're republican <laughs> or democrat is a part of who you are right like you or identify libertarian. like we or libertarian. Yeah, sorry, I don't want to John. leave John out, even though he's they not don't here. Count. Um, they don't count. <laughs> <laughs> they partially count. We'll give them that. Um, but you know, it's 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 like sports fandom, right? We just, uh, you know, I don't know if it's we're afraid of being wrong, or you know, you you always want your team to to win. It's uh, you know, it's it can be hard to have those discussions, right? And which I think necessarily goes with it, right? Because politics isn't always, you know, a rainbows and unicorns type thing. Like sometimes there's serious topics that, that have to be discussed and can be hurtful to people, right? Um, and with stuff like that, it can be very difficult to be objective and not let your emotions get the better of you. But I think part of that is if we don't talk about it and don't have real conversations with each other on those topics, then it's just like bearing those emotions and you let them, you know, build up over time and, and eventually it boils out and, and bad stuff comes out. So I don't know. Yeah. That's, and that's my, that's my opinion on it. To, to me, I think the, the ban on politics and religion, I think was, in some way formulated to try to keep in, you know, us versus them mindset out of the lodge, like, you know, really labeling you are a Democrat. So you are the enemy. You are, you know, a, a Buddhist. So you are the enemy, etc. Et you know, that, that labeling and that, that us is then tribalism that, you know, we, we see in emotionally charged topics like politics and religion, it seems to me like instead of teaching our members to employ the art of rhetoric and logic and try to reach across the aisle and meet each other, you know, where, where we are, that doesn't mean, you know, coming over to their point of view, but at least, you know, being able to recognize it, like that's, that's hard. And 
it's very, very, very difficult to do, and it takes a lot of patience, and I fail at it daily. But it seems to me along the way, somebody said, you know what, it's just easier if we just don't talk about it. So nobody talk about it. Yeah, it's but a, then, it's a total Kevin, to your point, yeah, to, to your point, Kevin, it, it makes it worse because you bottle up your emotions and in doing so, you self-isolate from others. Mm-hmm. You pull back into your, you know, your tribe as, as you will. Um, and that becomes an echo chamber that further pushes you either to the right or to the left or, or elsewhere. And it just, it just kills me that we don't have enough faith in our members to put in the work to teach how to approach really emotionally charged topics and, and really learn to, to love each other as brothers while, while you know, trying to understand the other person's point of view. Well, and isn't it a shame that it's taken, you know, it's taken so long for people to, to actually talk about that and be like, well, why, you know, nobody's ever questioned this. Why has nobody ever been like, why can't we do this? You know, we just, you know, I think that's one thing about Freemasonry is we do like to, I don't want to say resting on our laurels, right? But we do kind of rest on tradition in some ways that we really don't question it when sometimes maybe we should. I know no innovation in Freemasonry and all, but uh, that's not what that know, Sometimes just, that's just the, I know, so- I know, but we, we use it as a bad excuse for not wondering why, you know, because none of us here know why there's this so-called ban on talking religion and politics. Well, I think Jason hit it. Why right? is that? Like, it's, a shot, it's a shotgun approach that basically allows you to cut it off at the pass because you cannot just, uh, you know, somebody put on the internet the other day a stupid meme or whatever, and it was a, is a quote by Socrates about like, you know, there really shouldn't be laws, you know, like people should just be able to be who they are. Um, but it negates the idea of like, well, then how do you without laws govern a people who cannot govern themselves appropriately? Uh, you know, living into in the means of the, the, uh, the contract of the society you live in. And so what I mean by that is when you're given this freedom, it's a big freedom to have to be able to go into a room. Let's just say you have on average 30 dudes in a room. Let's, I mean, that's probably double what most of us have, Um, but 30 dudes in a room and you're able to bring up some political ideology and let's not even call it a political ideology. Let's just say, let's just say you're looking at like, you know, uh, the declaration of the rights of man and citizens, which was, uh, you know, done by the national assembly of France. Number one, what if you were in a lodge and this wasn't a thing yet, right? But you said something like, I want to talk about something. I want to say men are born and always continue free and equal in respect of their rights. Civil distinctions, therefore, can be founded only on public utility. Like if you said something like that in a lodge back then, nobody's going to bat an eye. If you say something like that today, it's overtly political because we have politicized human rights, which is crazy because Freemasonry is about humans and bringing people together and lifting them up and creating a better world. Um, and so it's just, it's crazy to me, but we have to, 
be able to govern this. So maybe it's just easier to throw the big, hey, no politics or religion in the lodge. And then they kind of like, maybe hope that a few good Masons have sidebar conversations or a few good Masons decide to get together and like pool together $2,000. I use this example all the time, but like, let's just say Jason's really concerned. So he goes to the PTA and goes, here's two grand. Can you give this to the teachers who are doing the art programs? Like, okay. So the PTA, you have to like vote to put PTA members in and the school board and all of a sudden now that's political. Oh my God, you gave countenance to like some political activision there. Mm -mm. No, you are preserving the arts and sciences. So like you have to get creative in the way we do these things. And it almost feels dirty. I mean, when, when I donated to PTA, you know, a few years ago, whatever, because of the same type of issue, I felt like a like a dirty mason because the the brothers of my lodge wanted to get together and and give some money to uh, the PTA to be able to put it into the art program. I mean, it felt dirty because it's like people thought that's politics, but it it isn't. It's just like you know we're about humans. We want to you know how many how many masons love the public school system? It's on so many of the, uh, you know, your petitions for membership, you know, do you believe in the public school system? And, you know, we've had so many grand lodges be huge proponents of the public school system. And yet uh, the public school system is, is politicized today. I mean, it, it's such, there, there's pros and cons to this. And, and I really think, I mean, what you guys have been saying so far, right? It comes down to a level of maturity. Well, I, I think that you, you, you kind of hit it on the head when you were talking about um, when you threw out that statement about human rights. And the first thing that my head popped towards was early 18th century Freemasonry. What did these people do? You had a, uh, a British lord and you had a haberdasher and you had a butcher and you had a doctor. What did they all do? They all went to lodge in tuxes and white gloves. Why? So you couldn't see their hands. So you didn't know if they were blue collar or white collar because everybody met on the level. Now, is that a little bit of an extreme of a point? No, because I think it, it, it matters if we really truly think that we all are equal and we're all on the level, then that equality should extend further outwards into society, right? Um, and how do we do that? By being engaged and being involved. Otherwise, like, like Robert said, we're just sitting in the dining hall having coffee, BSing about this stuff. And that's all we're doing, right? We're not being that agent of change. So wanna wanna mention a, a comment on the, the YouTube chat from Brother Jim. It says politics and religion has become the easiest way to separate people. It's just easier to ban a topic that can potentially separate than to risk potential conflict. And my argument there is that because we are so risk averse to potential conflict, that we have stunted our growth as a society and threatened the very foundation of what we try to do in making ourselves better. Boom. Can I just slow clap? <laughs> Which is so a Go ahead. Go oh, yeah, you. Well, I was just saying it's a it's a shame that that we we feel that way, right? 
because, uh, you know, and I'll, I'll use a, you know, I, it's always kind of funny for me because since I joined, you know, Freemasonry, I've become much more interested in learning about other religions, right? And, Same. you know, one way to do that is is to talk to our brothers who are of another religion and ask about it, right? Um, oh, you know, so in a way, it's, yeah. is it like a comparative religion class? Not really, but, you know, it's, it's still a way to learn more. So it's, it, you know, it's a shame we feel that way because, you know, then, you know, we have to go other places to, to talk to those brethren about it. That's a true shame that, that we would feel that way. Sorry, RJ, what were you going to say? Yeah, I was just agreeing with Jason because what he said kind of lends into some other conversations that I think, uh, you know, Kevin, you and I have discussed recently, and, and that is uh, discussion of a lot of things regarding Freemasonry and how we can assist in the changing. But without tough conversations, nothing changes. And I think everybody talks about how divisive these things can be. And yet, Freemasonry in and of itself is divisive, right? We take good men, not garbage men. I mean, I love my I love my waste my waste disposal gents that uh, you know yes. make it so that I have a house that I can live in. <laughs> but you know, we're not taking these convicted two you know two time felons, you know, or whatever, bringing them into the fraternity, or are we, right? Like I think this is some of that, some of the political conversation that we tend to have is because these politics and religion necessarily kind of trickle down into these other subcategories that all of a sudden just get flagged all the time. Like, oh, you can't say that, you know, if you did this thing, you shouldn't be a Freemason uh, because that's just political ideology. It's like we all have freedom of political ide ideology. But what happens when Freemasonry doesn't square with those ideologies? Freemasonry doesn't stop you from joining. Those organizations don't care because they want to infiltrate. You know, whatever it is. I don't. I mean, there's a there's a number of them. So, and want to want to talk to uh, Brother Williams' comment in, in the chat, saying, "You know, you're you're talking like we can't talk about politics outside the lodge a minute after the meeting is over." And right, you know, the the you know prohibition is you know within lodge, but the amount of brethren all across the country who extend that out into Masonic publications, blogs written by Masons, Facebook discussions in Masonic Facebook groups, like there there is an extrapolation by i'm just going to say it arguably brethren who don't care to engage in the work to get themselves better at rhetoric to just take the easy way out and say what is this doing here we shouldn't be talking about divisive topics here here in lodge or here, you know, on this Facebook group. And so, yes, you know, there there is a nuance here with, you know, this really being something that applies to within the the bounds of a, you know, of a lodge meeting. But so many brethren all over the place try to extrapolate it out 
you know, across their lives and their experiences with other Masons to the point where I think it's just lazy and disingenuous and goes against our, our entire ethos as a fraternity. A, a great example on Martin Luther King day. Uh, I posted <clears throat> as many of us did a great quote by Dr. King and the quote was the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of convenience and comfort, but where he stands at times of challenge controversy. The first comment on that was, as Freemasons, we must ask, where do we stand in times such as these? My answer is, I stand with keeping politics and religion out of Masonry. So mote it be. And that's from the problem. That's what I say. That's what I say. Yeah. That that totally misses the mark. <laughs> wow. Hey, did you guys know our first president was a Freemason? What? What? Yeah. Is that true? What? Hold on. What? Let me let me look that up. Well, I gotta George check Washington this out. Is a Mason? No. All right. All right. Sus. All right. Sus. <laughs> so He's the a other, regular Mason. Yeah. One one other argument that I've that I've heard recently, especially and this this applies to I think, you know, us quite a bit as Masonic content creators, is that you know since there's no politics or religion in Freemasonry within the bounds of a Masonic lodge, then the public face of Freemasonry, whether it be grand lodges themselves or Masonic blogs or podcasts like, you know, ours, ours truly should not weigh in publicly on divisive topics that could be construed as politics and, and religion, even though it might really be around human basic human rights. And so I want to talk a bit about that a little bit because there's there's still this idea that you know what what goes on in lodges stays in lodges and we should be super secretive and not you know take a stand for for what's right and what is intrinsically right from a human rights perspective. And so I wanted to to throw that out there and and see what you all think about, you know, the the public face of masonry and whether whether or not uh politics and religion has has any place, you know, in how we represent ourselves as an organization. Well, I'll I'll take the second one. I mean, I'll respond to that. While everybody's looking around. Go ahead, Joe. Well, no you won't. I'm going first. So, anyway, um, <laughs> I will take the the religion part. Um, I think that we absolutely um, need to bring religion back into the forefront of the conversation from from a tolerance perspective. I mean, look at our society; it is so religiously intolerant, right? And three hundred years ago, we started as a nation where. People came here to escape religious persecution, um, and now we just can't seem to get away with it. And then, unfortunately, that's so intrinsically linked with the political conversation that it's it's, it's gross. You know, like you cannot have a civil conversation with the majority of people in the world about religion because it polarizes so instantaneously, right? Because it's such an ingrained part of people's identities that they can't they can't listen more than talk. Right, which is one of the biggest issues 
that we have, right? Is everybody talks, 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 and nobody listens, 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 right? So there's got to be a little bit more of the listening instead of the talking, whether it is your point of view or not, right? That's going all the way back to the beginning of this episode, what Jason was talking about when it comes to rhetoric. Um, you know, there are certain rules to follow that we as a society don't really learn anymore. We don't learn it in school. I know my daughter doesn't learn it in high school. Um, she does not learn how to have civil discourse. And uh, I mean, I see people her age on social media. They absolutely do not know how to have civil discourse. Um, people my age don't know how to have civil discourse unless you've been to a place and gone through a process that teaches you that these things are important to become a better human being. Um, and, and back to Jason's point again, and then I'll get off my soapbox. It was the people that come to the craft and don't take away the lessons from that, that transformational science that we call initiation. Um, you know, those are the ones that are just as guilty as, as the people we don't teach anything to. So that's my opinion. Yeah, one one more thing on religion, then I promise, Kevin, I'll let you speak. Um, you know, going going back to the you know the topic of religion, and you know what what RJ and others said about how you know once they entered the fraternity, they actively talked to more people about their religion. I think that was Kevin who said that actually. Sorry, Kevin. Um, for me, like. I I didn't have the courage to, you know, I didn't have the courage to ask the difficult questions of my own faith until I got into Freemasonry and started meeting brethren of a variety of spiritual disciplines. And I am firmly in the belief that I am a stronger person spiritually because you know, exposing myself to other religions and other spiritual dif disciplines uh, has has made me a better person and has given me a, a more mature foundation off of which to build my own spirituality. Back over to you, Kevin. No, I, th I think that's a great point, Jason. I'd, I'd expand that further into, you know, debate and, and public discourse, civil discourses, as we've been talking about, right? And I think... I think a key part of that is, you know, you have to be willing to admit you are wrong when you get into a debate. I, I think that's a key component of it. And I, you know, I, and I'll admit, you know, I have, I have problems with that at time, right? It, it can be very hard to put yourself in a vulnerable position like that, but it's, nece it's necessary to be able to have a civil discourse with somebody. Otherwise it's, you know, it's just two rocks, you know, butting heads with each other and you're not going to get anywhere. So no, I think that's a, a great point I, to, you know, to switch up and go to the religion angle. I, you know, one thing I think, you know, we all, all of us here, everybody listening to the show, we are public faces for Freemasonry, whether we want to admit that or not, whether we realize it or not, every action we make has an impact on Freemasonry. Um, you know, somebody who knows I'm a Freemason, if I'm out there, you know, 
acting like a general douchebag in a, in a debate with somebody on social media, they're going to say, well, this is, this is what Freemasonry is all about. If they were potentially interested in joining what, you know, what have my actions then done for them, you know, in their potential want to join this craft. So, you know, I think that's another angle of it. We have to be, we have to be thinking of what our own personal actions do for the, for the greater craft as a whole. But, but do people in the craft in general actually do that? I mean, I can go on Facebook right now and look at a whole bunch of people who I know are Freemasons and go look at their Facebook wall and see things that they would never talk about in lodge. Right. And, or things that I would see and be taken aback by, you know, the, the, polarization of conversations that are happening on social media, seeing it just exactly to your point, you know, with the D bag that you brought up. Um, don't know who that was, but not a cool person, but, um, it's, it's, I said, I was acting like, a Oh, we probably do. I was using myself as the example. Uh, well, well, you definitely are. So, um, I, I know but to that point, I, th I think you kind of, you kind of, I know, but that's why we love you. But I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there because there is a huge difference and people don't understand this. They just don't. There's a huge difference between civil discourse and debate. Civil discourse is I'm going to listen to your ideas and ingest them and then tell you why I agree with them or not. A debate is I'm trying to win or the other person's trying to win. So I'm going to say things until one of us wins or to your point, till we just butt heads and never talk to each other again. So it's two completely different schools of thought in terms of having this conversation. Now, none of us are saying we need to debate things in Lodge that talk about politics and religion so that we all fight each other and never come to Lodge again. What we're saying is that there are things in this world that need to be discussed if we're going to make an impact or a change out in the world like we say we do. Yeah, it's, it's philosophy. So here's... We're, we're sitting there together. We're tossing out ideas. You know, you're, you're just asking questions, philosophical questions, hearing your brother's thoughts on these ideas. And maybe by the end of the evening, nobody's really convinced anybody of anything other than what exactly we don't know. That's what you're sure of at this point. But you've got some great new ideas and then you as that individual community contributor can go out there as a great person from your lodge and maybe do something amazing with the community based on some revelation you had with your brothers. And I wanted to just touch on something that I thought was kind of really awesome that, that I think Jason and Kevin, you guys touched on this idea of uh, discussing religions. And I just want to say, like, what better way can you respect your brother and to understand the fatherhood of God than to understand what your brother views as his God, his view of his father, your view of your father, right? Like when I went to my best friend's uh, son's christening or a baptism, I'm not Christian, but I loved being there and watching my brother's face light up when his kids were baptized. I loved it and I cared about it, right? The fatherhood of God. And just the same way, 
when we're outside in nature, and I talk about the great book of nature and, and God's creation, he sees a smile on my face and he's happy for me. Like this exchange should be so caring and beautiful, but we're afraid of it. And I think maybe just some bad apples spoiled the bunch back in the day or something. So here's, here's a question then. We seem to be you know, agreed in our approach to, to politics and lodge. Um, where then do we draw the line? Because I, I think there are a number of us um, who will in the same breath as saying, you know, there needs to be, you know, a place for political and religious discourse in the lodge. I think in the same breath, we will also say there are certain things that have no place whatsoever in the lodge room. And I'm going to, I'm going to go with the, with the hot button topic of, um, you know, of the era, which is white supremacy. You know, that's, you know, that's several of us has said, you know, have said, you know, white supremacy has no place whatsoever in this organization. Well, how can, you know, if, if white supremacy has a lot of political elements to it, then how do we get away with accepting religion and politics, but not, you know, perhaps white supremacy as a form of political expression. I don't have an answer to that. <laughs> I don't either. I, don't. I agree with you, there's, Jason. There's, there's, a, there's totally a great answer for that. And the answer comes down to ideologies that are harmful to people. I mean, um, you just go back here. Look, there's a, there's another part of. Uh, we can't look. We're not sitting at your desk. Yeah, I'm look. at my desk. Okay, here the we can tell the, these these things. Um, anyway, like oh, if those things. Okay. The, the the rights of man. Sorry, they're in the rights of man. Um, there, it says the law ought to prohibit only actions hurtful to society. What is not prohibited by the law should not be hindered, nor should anyone be compelled to that which the law does not require. And it goes on to kind of dismantle these a little bit. But if you think about what's harmful to the society, we, uh, we should understand that like there are political ideologies that espouse beliefs that are absolutely contrary to what Freemasonry teaches. The equality of men is not compatible with any racial supremacist, you know, I mean, that, it could just go away. And I think you could apply that logic to, to most, right? Um, any ideology, any political ideology that has anything where it, it pits man against man based on non-factual uh, things then you know it's like it's a it's an exercise in logic one of those things that we should teach I suppose well I, I and think this is point, a really yeah. difficult this is a really difficult topic to to dissect and this is 
a mental and philosophical exercise that goes deeper than you know your stereotypical conversation during a lodge dinner before lodge. Go ahead, Joe. Uh, yes, what you said. I totally brain farted. So let's continue. Oh, I remember now. Um, <laughs> no, Too late. I, think, I think that. Okay, fine. No, go ahead. Okay. Um, no, I, I think it's uh, it really boils down to uh, exactly what what RJ said is that um, we've conflated we've conflated human rights with political agendas, and as a result, we exactly to your point, we've conflated the whole idea that you can't discuss politics or religion in a lodge outside in the driveway in the car with a brother on a Facebook group, right? Um, because that's what everybody tells us. But uh, exactly to your point, we, we don't do enough of a job to point out things other than the old things, the traditional things that are incompatible with Freemasonry, right? Like here in America, um, you have to have a, a belief in some sort of, of creator. Um, you have to be a man. You have to be a certain age. Um, you know, why doesn't it say I'm not a white supremacist or something like that? Um, or I'm a member of this organization or these ideologies that are incompatible with Freemasonry. I don't know. I can't join any of those groups. So, um, I couldn't tell you. Mm. So this has been an absolutely amazing discussion tonight. I think it's, it's about time we wrap it up. I've got the final question for everyone and it's a doozy. And I'm, I'm really excited uh -oh. to ask it. So we will go ahead and we'll start with Robert. The final question tonight is, okay, your master of your lodge has charged you with presenting an educational topic in your lodge that deals with an aspect that is political or an aspect that is religious. What is the topic of your presentation and why? Yeah, you weren't kidding. That is a doozy. Um, I would love to go with the topic of religion uh, because I think actually religion drives political ideology much of the time. So, I think it's more of a foundational piece. Um, so I will say that I would love to present on maybe something like the similarities between, like almost a comparative view of different religions as... I hate you. Well, okay. Why'd so, you let him go first? Right. That is my answer. Yeah, why'd you let me go first? <laughs> that was mine. So, okay, so instead of a comp yeah. But but maybe it wasn't something mine more either. even more acute more acute than just comparing, hey, this is what we all believe. Maybe something more acute like these these are tenets and virtues of these religions. Are they compatible with Freemasonry? That might be fun and dangerous at the same time. 
but might also drive, it might be so kind of like jarring that maybe somebody actually wants to say something. We have a good discussion about it. I don't know that I would present other than to project some like, you know, PowerPoint, just one, two liner, two bullets on the thing and, you know, big lodge convo, um, have a mastermind on it. Um, but yeah, that, that is a really, that's a charged one, Jason. <laughs> that's what I'd go with. Oh, good deal. That was a great answer, Robert. Joe Martinez, you look like you want to go now that Robert took both of our topics. <laughs> I would love to. He looks to. so upset. He's so angry. And he took all the extra points away by saying, well, no, I won't do this. I'll maybe do this instead. So he actually had four little mini presentations in there and took all of our answers. So thank you. That's all of <laughs> but, Robert's um, presentations. I know. Man. All right. So mine would definitely be religion. And I think that, um, again, you have to speak to your audience. So if I were sitting in my lodge right now, uh, I would definitely point out the similarities in the different religions that are represented within that lodge room. Um, you know, you can't speak to all of them and you can't be an expert on all of them, uh, no matter how much you study comparative religion. Um, but just the similarities and commonalities that you find between the faith groups that you find inside a, a Masonic Lodge. And I think that would probably stir some really interesting conversation. And I'm, I'm not even talking about the major different faith groups like Judaism and Christianity and, and Islam. I'm talking about, um, you know, you're sitting in a lodge room with a Presbyterian and a Episcopalian and a Lutheran and a Baptist. Um, there are differences there. That's why there's churches all over the place with different signage on them. Um, so there are differences. And I'd be surprised to know how many people there actually knew the differences within their own major faith group. Um, so again, focusing on those commonalities and not the things that separate us, because I don't like those things. Um, and, and you're right, they don't, they don't have a place in Lodge at the end of the day. Um, I think it could spur some Again, learning amongst the brethren, you know, learning about things that they never thought they would know before. So, but to everybody, you know, I, I know everybody in the back of their mind is thinking, no, that would be a huge crap show and people would be screaming at each other. So um, we'll probably skip on that next month. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin, what say you? Oh. I'll, I'll choose political since since RJ and Joe went with religious. Um, and I actually couldn't help but think as we were we're talking about it, as we've been talking about this tonight, you know, wondering if you know does does this whole ban on politics and religion go back to Freemasonry's beginnings, or does it maybe have you know does it did it maybe grow out of the aftermath of the uh, of the Morgan affair? So maybe some sort of investi you know, investigatory paper to see if, if that's the case or if it, you know, or just figuring out how the hell, how the heck this, this ban on, on politics and, and religion started. Um, I guess if I were going to do a religious paper, maybe something on how David and Solomon weren't as, didn't have an empire as big as we thought it was, but maybe that's a topic for a different day. I'll give it to you, Jason. Oh, thanks so much, Kevin. So yes, I have I have pulled another topic from from somewhere. So I think 
you know, if I could do anything, I would pick religious and spiritual commonalities or, or common archetypes throughout uh, major world religions and spiritual disciplines. But I think if I could do a political topic, um, I would do a presentation on how to... I would do a presentation on how to de-escalate radical political and religious ideologies and bring everybody to the table. Because I think in, in the polarized society that we lived in or that we live in today, it is so easy with the social media echo chambers within which we all reside because we all do is so easy to bounce around your opinion in that echo chamber, thereby, re- thereby reinforcing your own confirmation bias and just pulling yourself to the, you know, further to the radical side of the spectrum, wherever you end up falling. And so I would love to work on you know some sort of of program to identify radical ideologies de-escalate them and bring people back down to a place where we can talk without screaming at each other and that that you know flows back into the uh you know the the need for logic, rhetoric, and and grammar, and the you know the trivium. So this has been an absolutely amazing show. Thanks so much, everybody, for for listening with us. Thanks or listening to us. Thanks so much for all of the awesome comments on the Facebook and page and and the YouTube. Uh, if you could present anything on a religious or a political topic in Lodge, put it in the comments. What would it be and why? I'd be really interested to, to hear from you all. So thank you, everybody, so much. We'll see you next week. Thanks for watching. And please, please, please keep searching for more light. Good night. Wow.